Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And here's the famous verse, cast all your anxiety, cast all your cares, cast all your worries on him. And the great phrase, because he cares for you, because he cares for you. About 10 years ago, I was uh, with a good friend of mine, John Egan. You probably remember he came and led worship for us and he preached and uh, we, we did ministry together for 15 years and um, he was the leader of what was called uh, the Desperation Band. And so uh, one of the fun things was uh, that in addition to doing the, the conferences that we put on, oftentimes um, events or conferences would call and ask the Desperation Band uh, to come and lead worship. And sometimes I would hitch a ride and, and get to lead worship or preach, not lead worship. That's not it. I never did that one time. <laughs> That would be the end of that conference. Uh, mm, talk about pride right there. That's just called a lie. Let's preach on lie. Anyway, uh, lead prayer. I would lead prayer. Uh, lead prayer or preach. And uh, one time we were in, about 10 years ago, we were in South Bend, Indiana. And they put on this big festival and they were going to have the Desperation Band lead worship. And I got to lead a prayer moment, which was about two minutes. And uh, that was the totality of my participation in the event. Uh, but, but, they had like these massive fields and there was just thousands of people and then there were these gates and then off in the distance, uh, way behind the gates were these trailers where the, where the, the mostly musicians hung out. And uh, so we kind of did our moment. Uh, Desperation Band led some songs and I got up and basically I would get up and scream for two minutes, God, and then I'd be done. And uh, that was kind of my role. And, and we got done and, and, uh, and, and John and I were hanging out back in the trailers and we decided we were going to go get some food. And uh, we walked out and we were going to walk towards there was like a food area. And, and there was about probably 20 yards off in the distance were like the gates with the crowds of people. And all of a sudden we saw these kids like, you know, high school students and they were screaming and they were waving posters and pens and they were like, hey, hey. And so we thought to ourselves, should we take the time to go sign some signatures or should we go get a burger? You know, like, I mean, we're pretty hungry and, and John looks at me, kind of shrugs his shoulders. And he's like, hey, you know, like kind of like, let's go do it for the people, you know? And so, so we walk over and we all the way over to these kids and they've got their pins and their posters. And so we reach out for the pins and the posters, going to sign some signatures for the kids, you know, to which the kids said, Hey, will you get super chick signature for us? (laughs) And in that moment we realized we, we got a pride check. Like we're running some thoughts in our heads about how great we are, but uh, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't know us. And it's a little bit of a reality check, a little bit of a reality moment. There's lots of thoughts about us, but they don't have thoughts towards us. They got thoughts about super chick. And 
I think for all of us, there's this big challenge for us when we read these texts about humility to kind of get to the essence of what does humility look like? What does it look like for each one of us? And all of us tend to have thoughts about self and we live in a culture that kind of pushes us to have thoughts towards self. We live in a culture that has posts 93 million selfies a day. And so it's pretty easy to just kind of, kind of get filled with me and myself and thoughts about me. It's easy. It's, it's challenging to, to walk truly in humility, I think, in our day. I know for me sometimes uh, with pictures, Christmas picture, um, We'll get to where we take, you know, a bunch of them and then I'll be standing there with Renata. We'll be picking out the picture and my tendency is to always pick out the one that looks best of me, right? And so I'll be like, Renata, I really like that one. That one's awesome. And she'll be like, David, my eyes are closed in that picture, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's because you're thinking about you and, and that's the challenge. And so C.S. Lewis talked about humility this way. He said, humility is, is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And so in other words, it's, it's not having all the thoughts that consume my life be about me. It's as much as possible developing thoughts that are about God, about others. And really the way that we grow in humility, there's lots of different ways I wanna talk about today, but one of the biggest points is this. It's, it's not looking down on me because truth be told, we, we wanna be people that are filled with confidence. We wanna be people that have great confidence. Actually, I like in numbers, where Moses, who's the author, writes that Moses was the most humble man on the earth. <laughs> like, that's wild. Like, so, because if I wrote that, I think it might be, I mean, you know, like it's kind of be easy to think I might be a little proud, but you know, proud of being humble. But here's Moses, the author, and he writes it. And at, the big idea is that it's, it's humility when it's confidence in God or God through me, but it's not thoughts, great thoughts, much thoughts, an abundance of thoughts about me. It's not my strength, it's God's strength. It's not confidence in me, it's confidence in God through me. And so humility, humility, which is a challenging trait in a culture that really rewards pride, can be a challenge. And I was thinking about, you know, for, for you and I in our culture with with the way that I see it is a, a culture that really says, if you, take, if you take God out of the equation, like if, if you remove God from my life, then the, the person who really is important, the person who really can't get things done is me. So, so if you take God out of the equation, then, then for me to be strong, for me to believe in self, for me to push through, for me to have the grit or the challenge or the courage or the confidence is the way that you would tend to think because you probably are the best runner-up God. You probably are the, the best for yourself, the, the best backup. But when it comes to the person who believes in God, for the person who's given their life to Jesus, the person who's a follower of Jesus, then you don't want to run with the backup. You don't want to run with the runner-up. You don't want to run with the alternate. You want to run with first place, God who is omniscient, God who is omnipotent, God who cares. And you've got this context here where Peter is writing and I thinking about Peter writing about pride. And, uh, and surely you've got these moments where Peter's writing this. And of course, we've talked about that he's writing to a scattered church and he's writing to a persecuted church and he's writing to people who are suffering. 
And as Peter writes about humility, as Peter writes about pride, I was thinking about the moments where, where he's writing these concepts and, and surely his own personal relationship with Jesus is in his mind as he writes. Because Peter was the guy who had really challenging moments related to pride. Peter had the moments where he looked at Jesus. He says, Jesus, man, I don't know if you can count on all these other guys, but you can count on me. Even if I'll fall away on account of you, I never will. I'm your guy. And of course, then Peter faced the pain of falling short and realizing that he couldn't cut it, that his own strength did fall short. I think even when I read this idea of clothe yourselves in humility, I was thinking about clothing and, you know, you, clothing, clothing yourself is like intentional, like clothes don't put themselves on you. You have to choose them. And for some of us, it's harder than others. And this morning I was, I had, a, I had the shirt that Dylan has on and uh, Dylan said, David, that shirt just will not do. And so uh, Dylan gave me his shirt, everybody. And so this is not mine. Um, this is Dylan's. And, and so Dylan is more intentional with clothing himself than I am. I got that shirt in the mail for free. Uh, I'm sure he had to pay for this. And here's the point. We, I don't know that this is Peter's point, but I'll try. Here's Peter, and he's saying, clothe yourself. I think it's intentional. I think he's saying, be intentional. Like, be intentional with this, this mark that marked our Savior and be humble. This, this idea of humility was something that was on Jesus. Jesus spoke of himself that way. He said, I am, I'm meek, I'm humble of heart. So our savior, our Lord, our king, the one that we follow, the one who we've given our lives to, the one who is the worthy lamb, the one that is not just kind of a tie on to our lives, but the one that we've decided to surrender our lives to that we believe is God, is king, is returning. I've given my life to him and he speaks of himself as I am gentle, I am humble of heart. And Peter, undoubtedly, I would picture, as he writes to, I mean, people that are suffering, people who are being persecuted. And Peter writes, he writes about this idea of humility, this idea of, I mean, he's kind of coming to the end here. It's getting to the very end and he starts to write about God opposing the proud, but giving grace or giving favor here in the NIV or giving strength to the humble. And I think that surely in his mind, in his memory, is the famous moment in John 13, where Jesus, the great suffering servant, and Jesus, the one who went through not just moments of exaltation, like at the Mount of Transfiguration, where suddenly his face shone like the sun in Matthew 17, not just the moment of the ascension where all of a sudden Peter sees Jesus and he's going to heaven, but Jesus who didn't just go high, but Jesus who went low. And I think undoubtedly as Peter writes to people who are suffering, he writes this idea of being humble and he talks about clothing yourself be humble and God's favor, God's grace is on the humble. And I think as he writes, clothe yourself, that for sure he remembers that moment where Jesus clothed himself with the servant's towel, got down and washed his feet. And of course, you remember the conversation where Peter says, no, 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 no. And Jesus says, yes, 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 yes. And Peter goes, well, then all of me. And Jesus goes, just the feet, you know, and, and, 
And, and I think for Peter, he had these real moments where who Jesus is as the humble servant was real because he was living it. And my hope and my prayer for us is that humility is not just something that we strive for as an attribute, but something that flows from us because we've had conversations with Jesus. That, that humility marks our lives because we've been with him and, and we know him. And, and it's, it's not gritting our teeth and trying to be humble in a prideful culture. It's not trying to be humble in a year where the globe is pressing, pull yourself up, do something, you be you. Yeah, you got it, you, uh-huh. And humanism runs the day. But for us to so walk with, know, be close to, have conversations with, Jesus, that just out of the overflow, there's this language that says, clothe yourself in humility. Man, God opposes the problem, but he gives grace or he gives favor to the humble. And that's the big idea that we get from Peter here is he's, he's challenging persecuted people. And this, of course, this phrase, God, God opposes the problem, but shows favor or shows grace or gives grace to the humble. It's a very common idea in the New Testament, written about in Proverbs. So we see it multiple times. But it's this idea that really needs to mark us as a church. Because we want it to mark us as individuals, undoubtedly. You want to, I mean, is there anything, is there anything worse than God opposing you? I mean, just read through the Old Testament (laughs) and you got some moments God opposing you, get it swallowed up by the earth, you turn into a pillar of salt. Those are bad days, right? You read through the, through the New Testament, you, you fall over dead in Acts 5. I mean, there's, it, there's nothing worse than God opposing you. I mean, that's just the, like nothing. And at the same time, we could say there is nothing better, nothing than God showing favor. God giving grace, this God's favor, God's grace upon you. And so maybe the motivation is not merely I want to be a humble person. Maybe the motivation is I want to be close to him. Out of the abundance of being close to him, he goes, I'll show favor. And that's what Jesus says. Jesus talks about that in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the contrite in heart. So maybe that grows inside of me. God, I want, I want humility to be inside of me. But in addition to the, the humility marking me because it's an attribute that you, that, you, that you want me to have, it's the abundance of my hunger for God, the abundance of my desire to be close to God, where what kind of just rolls off my tongue is, is, is moments where the scriptures have come alive to me and, and they're, in, they're in, in what I say and moments where what the Holy Spirit illuminates in the scriptures is alive in my heart and I'm, I've got many thoughts. I've got much thoughts on God. I've got my, my, my brain, like the real estate capacity in my brain is filled up with thoughts on God because I've been with him. And if you're Peter and you're writing to a persecuted church and you've been with Jesus and it's just flowing out of you, it's far easier to have a humility where you're talking less about me and more about God because you've been with God. And here's Peter and he's writing this strong statement of, let me remind you, just get this, 
Don't forget this. Man, he shows favor to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. He opposes. I just think for me, I'm going, I, I, was, I was praying it this week as a church. Like I was thinking, in addition as an individual, but as a church, God, now we want, I want the, the wind of God, the, the, the presence, the favor, the grace of God on our church. So God, mark us as a humble church. God, let us do what it takes to be close to you and have humili- humility be a distinguishing mark of what we look like as a church. And this, it's real simple. God's favor hinges on humility. <laughs> like, like this one statement, James talks about it. I mean, it's all, it's all through the New Testament. They're all quoting this idea because it's, it's really real. And I think that the reason why we've got an abundance of this idea coming through is because it's so marked who Jesus was and the way that he taught. There's something about Jesus that he always looked at the ones who made thoughts much of God and not much of self and goes, yeah, that's it. That's what brings my favor. That's what brings grace. That, that's what I'm looking for. That's that. And I, I was thinking about it with, with David and Saul. Hey, hey, who's the one who's in the field singing the worship songs, who's just consumed with thoughts on God versus the one who's getting a little bit proud of his accomplishments, a little bit proud of his victories, you know what? I have sought for a man after my own heart. Well, here's the distinguishing mark. Much thoughts on God, less thoughts on self. My challenge, your challenge, is a culture that tells you. A world, not just our culture. I mean, it's the, the, the Western world is, is, yeah, think about self. You can do it. You, and this idea, this idea, all right, God, I, I want much thoughts on, on you much thoughts on God. And it is not then thinking less of me. It's not thinking that I can't accomplish things. No, Moses, Moses was marked with humility. And he was, I mean, I don't know if he was really as manly as Charleston Heston, but he was manly, you know, like he like stand strong and face Pharaoh and go, let's go. And I mean, he had, he had some serious, he was not, he was not wimpy and small. He was saying, no, let my people go. And, and he was leading the people. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not a persona of weakness. No, no, no. It's where your confidence lies. My confidence is in God. My confidence is much in God. And so then God threw me. And so then here's this idea. You've got God promotes the humble. Look at the way that Peter says this. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand. Why? That he, that's the emphasis, that he, not yourself, that he may lift you up in due time. Mm. Life's hard, not getting what I would desire. My tendency is to go, I'm gonna pull myself up. I'm gonna make something in my life. I'm gonna do this. I got this. And here's Peter. And he's not looking at people where he's like, hey, he will lift you up. One day he'll make you rich and famous. That's how we do it in America. One day I'll have friends be rich and famous and cool. No. He's looking at people that are suffering and he's saying, he, he will lift you up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know that whether it's here on earth or whether it's when you meet him in the sky, that he is the one who lifts up. You don't have to exalt yourself. He will exalt. That's the way the ESV says it, is, is exalt. He, he, he's the one who lifts me up. And our tendency, think much of me, exalt myself. Scripture Think much of him. Let him bring me up. 
look towards eternity. Maybe my circumstance gets a lot better. Maybe it's hard. Peter would ultimately face losing his life for the gospel. But I'm looking to him. My thoughts are about him. My thoughts, life, what I, and, and, and that's, that's so challenging because I think of a culture where our tendency, you wake up in the morning, first thought is about me. <laughs> first thought, am I warm or am I cold? What will I eat? Will my car work? Will I be on time? Will I make it to my job? Oh, I work with so-and-so. Oh, will I look cool or do I have any clean clothes? Do, what will I eat today? What, what will I listen to? Will, is, 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 is everything work in my car? Oh, what report is due? What, what, what will I do tonight? Will I eat? To, who's going to win the game tonight? And the tendency is thoughts where all day long, it's, it's me, 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 me. Okay? Humility is where we want to get to this place where you only have so much thought life and your thoughts get filled up with God thoughts and take up that space to where you go, I've, I've, I, I'm on his team and he delights in me and it's not me exalting me and it's, it's not me trying to fight for me. It's not, it's, it's him, it's, he's the one. He, He's the one who shows grace. He's the one who lifts up. He's the one who, what I want is his favor. What I want is for him to lift me up. It's not my activity. It is the role of the Christ follower to go, no, it's all about not my own strength, but his strength. And therefore, therefore I'm starting to live a supernatural life. It's not just I pray to prayer, now I marinate on planet earth, one day I go to heaven and I just try to do some good deeds. No, it's I got a relationship with a real God. He's at work supernaturally in me. And so I want to mm, humble myself. I want to clothe myself in humility. And, and my example of that is Jesus, because Jesus was the one who personified humility. And Jesus was the one that always seemed to be talking about his father. And Jesus seemed to not, not, not have it be about <laughs> Uh, 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 he, he, he wasn't trying to exalt himself. He, he had this high confidence in the Father. And, and so we, we, we bend our thoughts and our lives around, God, I don't want to exalt me. I want you to lift me up. God, I, 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 I don't need to promote myself. I trust you. You're, you're my future. You're my hope. And, and then this famous one, and this is a mark of Humility is this phrase, and we've built a lot of our church around this phrase, cast all your anxieties, cast all your, some versions, cares, okay? Cast all your worries on him because, and this is, this is the generator, this is the backbone, this is what pushes you forward because this attribute, if you believe it to be true, reforms your life. It, 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 it changes the way you live your life because he cares, you get that just locked into your heart where you believe it, where it is not just third grade Sunday school pie in the sky theory, but it is the conviction that you know 
And all of a sudden, the world opens up to you because you aren't living in fear and worry and anxiety. You've got this conviction that the God of the ages who is omnipotent, I mean, he has all power. He's omniscient, he knows all things. And that God cares for me. That goes, that goes deep into your heart. And all of a sudden, you find yourself living in a different way. I'll never forget 69 people moving to Kansas City to believe for a church, and they did not know how. They did not know where. They did not know any details. They didn't know what their jobs would be. They didn't know. And 69 people moved to Kansas City, and this was the backbone of their confidence. We don't know where this thing's going to start. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know exactly how it's going to. Here's what we do know. He cares, and he's with us. And so I just cast that job on you. And God, I just cast this problem on you. I just cast this potential fear that here I am moving to Kansas City and I don't even have a working car. And God, I've never heard of retirement in my life, but I cast all my cares on you, all my worries, all my fears. Now this, but guys, this is the essence of who's gonna be, who's gonna be God. Like this is the, like you get down to this one and you get down to what you really believe because, because in our culture, it's real easy to have kind of this God talk, but not this real relationship. And you get this real relationship and this real relationship leads you to honestly believe that he cares. If you believe that he cares and you believe that he is all powerful and you believe that he actually acts today, that he is at work in history, it is not a foreign idea. It is, it is bedrock in your heart. Then the way you live your life that he cares, then I'm not trying to constantly control my life. I'm not constantly saying, I got to get the food right for me and I got to get everything right for I, me, I, I, I. Because deep down inside, I think I'm God. He's not really around. And so I'm the runner up. On the alternate, on the backup, since he turned out to not care, I guess I'll step forward. The Christ follower. I don't understand my circumstance. I don't know how that bill is going to be paid. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. But I got this conviction deep in my soul. He cares, and if he cares, I will cast. I will cast. That Greek word is not like I will lob. It is I will hurl. It is, I mean, do not think like, do not think playing, you know, wiffle ball with your two-year-old. Think, I mean, pitcher chucking it. I will throw it on God. I will cast, I will throw it on him. This is not on me. It's not mine to carry. And this is the essence of humility. Because the essence of it is, I, I can't. I, 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 I'm weak. I got this bill. I got these people. I got these kids. I got, or, or that could be a good category, but you know, I, I, got, I got all, you, you fill in the blank with your problems. I got all these issues, but here's the idea. But bedrock in my soul is I'm not God. You're God. I don't have all power. You have all power. I don't know all things. You know all things. And so you told me to cast it. So it's coming. It's coming your way, God. I'm casting this on you. I give you this. Name it. Your temptation is to hold on to it and fight for it. And every kind of 
humanistic cultural thing. It says, you can do it. And it is actually humility that says, no, I can't. But God's got it. And so God, I trust in you. And you are the young David in the field that says, I just put it over and over again in my songs. You, O oh Lord, are my hope. You are my rock. You are my refuge. My confidence is in you. Not, well, I've won some battles. I can do it again. I'm pretty good. No, 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 no. Here I am, God. I'm like a child coming to you yet again. And I'm not just going to remember that I was successful in my 30s and so I can do it again. No. I'm not going to just live on yesterday's successes. No. Oh God, you are my rock, you are my hope. And the humble heart comes before God and says, I just cast this on you. I cast that mortgage I can't pay on you. God, I cast the fact that I can use fill in the blank. I just cast it, I just, I throw it on you. And in so doing, you don't have a God that's like, oh dear, how would I handle that? <laughs> Your issues, ah! Oh, he's the one who created. I love that song we just sang. Where it was a hundred billion galaxies are made and however it was, you know, I can fill the asteroids and I don't know what it's saying, but it's something about space. But the idea is like, he's the creator and, and you're amazing. And, and, and if he, how did it go? If he can make the universe, he can handle your worries. Something like that. It was, that was the big idea. I don't know exactly what it was. I never quote those songs accurately, sorry. But that's the big idea. It's, 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 he's got it. If he can create the universe, if he can create the galaxies, if he can create the earth, if you can look at all the details of what it takes, what the world looks like, he can handle your anxiety, the things that stress you out. And that is the mark of humility. Oh, I can't, I can't do this. I'm just gonna hurl it on God. And he goes, you got it, kid. Finally. You're starting to get it. And it's a mark of the humble. And it's how you start to grow in God's favor. He goes, oh, you're going to trust me? You're going to put your worries on me? It's not about you? Well, well, okay. Let me show you some grace. Well, well, okay. Let me exalt you. Well, let me lift you up. That's the three phrases. Three God activities in this text. Shows favor. Lifts up. God, you show favor on me? God, you lift me up? Yeah. And the third one, and this is the one that brings you to tears every time. And he cares. He cares. Yep, he exalts. Yep, he shows grace. Why? Because deep down, he's a God that cares. We sang that song. Cares for the one, leaves the 99. Or that's Corey Asbury. I think we sang a song about that. He cares. He cares for you. And that's what I want you to get today. I want you to get that humility chip, that humility. Oh, okay, David, how do I, how do I apply this? Let me give you three, three quick things. <laughs> Don't be scared. I can give them to you quick. How, how do I grow in humility? I want to invite you alone as a discipline. Increase these three things in your life. Number one, worship. Just increase it. Fill it up. Fill up, fill up your house, your car, your headphones, when you run, when you're at Lifetime Fitness, when you're Alexa, when you're cleaning the house, whatever you do, but fill up your life with worship songs, okay? Here's what happens. Your thoughts start to go towards God. Well, a buddy of mine, he's got the scripture playing in his house nonstop, just 24 seven, even through the night, even through the night. Why, he's just filling up his house with just, I'm gonna, this is who God is. 
So you fill it up in your mind. This is who you are. I love to just fill up, just, just worship. And I know, I know that there's a lot of other things you can fill up your heart and your mind with. I'm just asking you to take a step towards more worship, just more. All right, so maybe you're like, hey, I still gotta do seven hours of Fox News and three hours of some kind of sports radio and 11 hours of country music and, okay. What I'm saying is, as much as you can, I'm just asking you, decrease some of that and fill up your house, fill up your car, fill up your headphones with worship and watch your thoughts of God start to increase and your thoughts of self start to decrease. I learned this my senior year of high school. I spent a, a summer working with some buds. Uh, my buddy, his parents owned a bunch of rental houses. And for three months, June, July, and August, it's really, the, I think that I can remember it's the only time I had this in my life, but from like six in the morning until, until late afternoon when we were done, we just, it was, don't get mad at me for this, but it was, I mean, it was, mm, I was hesitating. I'm gonna divide the church. Uh, it was country music and uh, like, and like talk news and, 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 and sports radio and pop music. And it was a rotation of some of those different things. It was all day, every day for three months. And I'll never forget like going into my senior year, you know, so think 19, fall of 1994, kind of got, you know, haircut, you know, and long hair down here. And I remember feeling like, what? I remember feeling, I'm going to say this, like soulish, like, like a lot of, like, what's, what's with me? Like, I care a lot about my own, my own success. And I care a lot of, a lot of, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't feel as pure. Like I don't feel as, I just feel, ugh. And I, I sensed like, I, I knew it. Like the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind. It's just real simple. I, I've just been consuming so much of that, that my thoughts were on me. And I wasn't used to that level of the diet of taking on lyrics and ideas that were so much about my comfort, my future, me. Here's what I wanna tell you. You wanna increase, increase those, those, if if you'll figure out the ways in your life to fill up worship, put it in your house, put it in your car, and the, the real estate of thoughts start to be about God, and you actually start to talk more about God because God's what's going on in your brain. Second one is this, it's what he says here. Cast all your cares. And I wanna invite you, figure out, make prayer a part of your life. Alone with Jesus. Prayer with your, in your marriage, with your kids and your family. Prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, come join us. But cast those cares, just hurl them on God. Get a place where you are not, I can handle this, I can do this. And you slowly get further and further. Get in a place where no, I am casting more consistently. A part of my regular routine is to cast my anxiety on God. And this last one is this, and this is just real simple. Every time you serve, anytime you serve, you're saying, this is not about me. This is about others. And so it's a, one of the most beautiful ways here we've got even in First Peter, it's, it's this idea of put others first, clothe yourself in humility. And, and he says it here, he does it, say, he says, all of you. <laughs> You know why? Because we always take a pride sermon and we think it's for somebody else. Oh yeah, 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 pride sermon, that's not for me. It's hard to preach on pride because nobody thinks it's them, <laughs> which happens to be pride. <laughs> I heard one preacher say, pride is like bad breath. 
Everybody else knows you got it, but you don't know, right? Here's the reality. All of us, this is part of our journey. And a church that looks humble is a church that God goes, favor of God, lift them up. And I care about every need. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We're coming to you yet again, saying we want you. We love you. You're number one. You're our focus. You're our life. And so we cast everything on you. Fill up our minds with thoughts on God. Help us to live as a humble church. Help us to walk as a humble people. May we be more and more like Jesus who is, who is humble in heart. May we have John the Baptist confession. I must decrease that Jesus may increase. Mark our lives, God, with humility. In Jesus' name. Today, if you're here, the journey of following Jesus is coming alive in your heart even today. I want to invite you just to begin that journey. I want to invite you to just pray this prayer, but this prayer is just the, it's the first step in a journey of being close in relationship with Jesus. But if you want that relationship with Jesus now and forever, like you want to, you want to know God, I invite you to pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Be the most important relationship in my life. Save me. Change me. I give everything to you. I don't want to go my way anymore. I'm going your way. I will follow you. I love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.